As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, it is Monday... And you know what that means on the Andy Staples and Friends podcast feed. It's Football and Grits Day. Myself, David Ubbin, I am your host. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Andy Staples. Monday means we're talking SEC. Uh, Andy, welcome to another week. We are just days away from the season. It is not long now. No SEC game week zero. But that's fine because you, you have to prepare properly. You have to hydrate. <laughs> Dip you your have toe to in buy the water. All the, yeah, you have to <laughs> buy all the supplies. You may want to do the dry run while Nebraska and Illinois are playing in week zero. I think that would be really only the, the, the prudent thing to do so that you are not shorthanded. You don't find out that you, you have some sort of missing uh, ingredient come real SEC football Saturday. So I, I definitely think you gotta, you gotta make sure you do that. Now, David, I understand you have a, a little piece of news to share as well. Yeah. So, uh, my role on our team is changing. Uh, I will be shifting into a national role. Um, I'll be spending plenty of time around SEC country. We will still have high level Tennessee coverage. So don't go anywhere. Vols fans. Um, but I'll be shifting onto our national team joining, of course, Andy, Max Olson, uh, Nicole Auerbach, of course, the great Bruce Feldman and Stu Mandel, all of those folks. Chris Vanini does fantastic work on our, our group of five team. Uh, and it's good. It's going to be fun. I'm excited about it. Uh, it's going to be cool. Um, and it'll be nice to see uh, a lot of football this fall. I have not been this excited for an Illinois football game since the Juice Williams era, Andy, I must say. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Ron Zook <laughs> is glad to hear that, too. Uh, he's ready for the Rose Bowl. Well, yes. I, I am very happy to to hear this news because this is this is something I've, I've wanted for a long time. You you deserve it. You are one of the best people we have, and so I am I'm thrilled that we get to turn you loose on not just Tennessee but every school uh, because Tennessee fans know who've been reading David. He comes up with the most creative story ideas of anybody we have at this company, and so to have the whole world of college football is his canvas is going to be a, is going to be a lot of fun for everybody. I'm excited about it. Uh, so if you got any story ideas, things you want to do, 
My DMs are open. You can't steal my stories, man. <laughs> Don't you know we're really territorial on this, this, yeah, exactly. this side of the gig? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, Andy, before we get into the SEC West, a brief little news nugget dropping on us uh, on a Sunday evening. If you listen to our SEC show and you haven't yet, uh, you should go back and do that. We sort of uh, uh, we acted as though it. Mr. Will yes, Levis would be winning that job in Kentucky, and that is official. This early in camp. Tells me it was not that close. Um, and congrats to him. And, you know, uh, I- I'm sad that we can't get another Cohen on Kentucky staff, so we can just refer to them as the Cohen brothers. But uh, Liam Cohen <laughs> teaming up with Will Levis. Kentucky's going to look a whole lot different, and uh, it's it's a good Does sign Liam- for them that you bring a guy in, and, and he's this out in front. Is there a Noel Cohen? Can we have Liam and Noel Cohen? Now that's really a crossover. That's that's truly a a, a wonder wall of name uh, recognition that I would <laughs> like to see. So, uh, but yeah, Kentucky they're just going to look different this year. I we I think we're both pretty high on them. I might be a little higher on them than Andy, uh, but good sign that your guys. Winning What's the interesting job at to this me point. is is this is a guy who would have looked very at home in Kentucky's old offense. Cause Levis is a good, is a big time dual threat guy. He's a good runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Penn state fans would argue that they probably ran him too much and didn't let him throw nearly enough. I would also argue that uh, from the times yeah. I've seen him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Audrey Snyder, our Penn state beat writer said, you know, he's got a good arm. It just, it, it was kind of mystifying that they, they would bring him in for Sean Clifford, but then wouldn't, wouldn't throw the ball. So mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to see what he can do. Obviously, a very good offensive line in front of him. Chris Rodriguez, one of the best backs in the country. And then you get Wondell Robinson coming from Nebraska back to his home state as a, a kind of all-purpose weapon. I, shoot, they could go from having a completely non-functional offense to being a pretty darn good offense very quickly. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I'm excited to see them. Like I said, if you're good on the lines, everything just makes everything looks better. Your secondary looks better. Your skill position talent looks better. I think that's where Kentucky uh, will be strong this year, but let's go to the other side of the uh, ever growing sec. Today we're talking the sec West. Andy, uh, I suppose one could make the argument. Do either of us care to make the argument that Alabama is not the uh, place to start the conversation uh, as far as the team that we think is going to end the season at the top of this division? I don't know that Alabama is going to be that team, but it is where we need to start the conversation because I think it's Fair the enough. safest choice. They've defined uh, a lot. Yes. Uh, well, let's yeah, start I mean, there. I, go ahead. I was going to say that they just, we, we know that they were very special last year, probably the best Nick Saban team. I think he's been I in Alabama, mm-hmm. definitely the best offense, you know, best defense. The game's changed. It's, it's kind of hard to say, but they did shore things up the, the second half of the year. They, bit, but yeah, will it be that much more special than everybody else this year is a legitimate question. Mm-hmm. You know, how much, how much has the distance shrunk between Alabama and let's say Texas A&M or LSU? Yeah, I think, you know, I agree. I think a lot of people would say Alabama is going to take a step back this season, which is to say they won't have the greatest team of all time. Probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I think they'll still have the best team in college football. You got to prove that over 12, 13, what, 14, 15 games now. You got to prove that. Um, but I think, I don't think you can make the argument that Alabama is not the best team in college football. Now, they have some things they got to answer. I think the defense is going to be much, much better. Uh, the offensive line brings back plenty. 
I think people sort of just assume that weapons are going to emerge. I like Bryce Young. The backs are going to be fine. Beyond John Mechie, I don't know that you're going to have what Alabama's had receiver-wise. The recruiting rankings would say you might, but they don't make Dye Devontae Hall. Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They got another one from Florida. Now, this this one's not a, a South Florida guy. I believe Hall's from, from the Tampa area, but a, another potential number one receiver from the state mm-hmm. of Florida for Alabama uh, to follow in the footsteps of, of Amari Cooper and, and Jerry Judy and Calvin Ridley. Uh, I think that that's the thing. They just keep finding more of these guys. Plus, let's not forget the sub- spectacularly named Slade Bolden. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's the question with them is like, they're going to be fine at receiver. I don't think anybody's concerned. I don't know that I believe that inside John Mechie, there's a leap to say, oh, you're going to be that Devontae Smith level, that Jerry Judy level, uh, that Calvin Ridley level where everyone is just in awe and you're, you're, you're absolutely keeping uh, defensive coordinators up in that. I think they're going to be fine. They're going to score points. Um, but I think this Bama team, while they're going to score points and look good offensively, I, not to say the defense will carry them, but I think this will look a lot more like a Nick Saban defense in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, and I like Will Anderson here because the one thing they've kind of not had over this period of dominance, I'm trying to remember the last really great every down pass rusher they mm-hmm. had. Will Anderson feels like that guy. You know, they, they had Tim Williams a few years ago, but he was more of a specialist. He'd come in on obvious passing downs and was was you know, lightning off the edge, but, but you have no problem putting Will Anderson in anytime. So, you know, maybe, maybe you go back to Upshaw on those, you know, 11 and 12 defenses, but they just, they had not had this element and he was very good last year, but he was a true freshman. Now he's kind of growing into his own. Uh, they've got some guys up front, DJ Dale, uh, Aaron Suttles, our beat writer is very high on Tim Smith, uh, who I guess, could call him a backup, but I don't think the, the draft Knicks are going to call him a backup. They're going to yeah. say this guy's a potential star too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, that's the question is who sort of makes that uh, emergence into that sort of uh, elite tier guy, because you look around and there's some guys that might, but there's not, you know, that, that a Sean Robinson, that, you know, uh, that level of, Hey, you know, the, that Minka, Fix, Minka Fitzpatrick, the guy that is coming into the season as, oh, this guy is going to be your do everything. We're not going to anoint. We're not going to anoint Kool-Aid McKinstry. Well, we I will say Kool-Aid for, uh, to, give, to give a preview of our uh, our SEC discussion later this week. I did point to uh, Mr. Kool-Aid McKinstry. I believe I broke through a brick wall to anoint him <laughs> as my breakout freshman of the of the SEC season. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I. They're going to be fine. They're going to have stars that emerge, but I don't think this is going to be a, ten- or a, a Alabama team that just walks all over everybody. I think they're going to be challenged. They might get knocked off once just because they're going to be a little younger offensively. Mortal is probably uh, too much, but how about not immortal? Is that possible? Are we talking about a binary? That, that's possible. I, I do want <laughs> one more thing about their defense, kind of take you back to, to the team you just finished covering. Henry Toto stepping in at mm-hmm. inside linebacker into the kind of the Dylan Moses role. That's a spot where they weren't entirely sure how that was going to work. Yeah. And now they, they land on a guy who can probably fill it perfectly. The only thing with that. So he's very, very smart. His football IQ is off the charts and he's a fantastic read and react guy. 
The question is, can he cover in space? And that last year with Moses and some of his injury issues, Mm -hmm. Ole Miss especially picked on it. A lot of teams, when they took advantage of Alabama's defense, they took advantage of those linebackers at the second level. Now, here's my question. Was that because he was a little lost playing around not a lot of great talent and additionally a system that was sort of falling apart around him defensively um, where a lot of guys were not playing in the right position? Or, you know, can he figure this out? It was obviously a late arrival. He missed spring at Alabama. He announced his, his move a little bit late. Can he cover, I think, is a question a lot of Tennessee fans would say no. I would say we haven't seen it yet, and also he's played two years of football and he's still got a lot of time left. Uh, so we'll see. I think that is going to be the question because in the run game and in, in run support and in running the defense, he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be in fantastic position. Um, coverage is the big question, and, and that's something they had to shore up from, from last year. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We don't exactly know how Alabama is going to be stressed by its best opponents this year mm-hmm. in, in terms of that. Uh, actually, we, we should get somewhat of an idea when they play Miami because Derek King looks like he's going to be healthy. They've got some targets on that. They, they're actually their offense, as Alabama will recognize, it's the Gus Malzahn offense, essentially. Mm-hmm. Brett Lashley, uh, Gus's former assistant, is, is running Derek the offense. King may be the best fit for that system as well. Goodness. He, he, he is. The problem is. Like when they played Clemson last year, they sort of just said, oh, we're not going to be able to run the ball and didn't even try. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't do anything offensively because because that offense breaks down if there's no threat of, of being able to gain yards on the ground. So I, I would like to see if, if they will just give it an honest shot against Alabama, try to run the ball. Let's see if, if we can get a look at what that offense looks like, because that will kind of tell you. How do those linebackers cover? How do those how do those safeties cover? Because they will get stressed by different people. Because it, we we don't really know how Florida is going to stress you yet. You know they played yeah. them early, and Emory Jones is going to be the quarterback. I think you you're going to have to respect his ability to run the ball, but they're they're still going to throw the ball quite a bit. And then we don't know who plays quarterback yet at Texas A and M. Is it Haynes King? Is it Zach Calzada? If it's King, yet another dual threat type. Mm-hmm. That, that opens things up, but they are so versatile in their backfield. I mean, I, Isaiah Spiller is kind of the every down guy, but with Devon chain with Anaya Smith, those guys may line up at, at tailback, but they may, you know, split out into a receiver, you know, role within the same play. So you, you just got to, you, you've got to wait and see with Alabama. There's, there's nobody, I think that's going to just line up and, and chuck it down the field until they see, Ole Miss. Yeah. And then LSU, 
we know Max Johnson's got a cannon, so that might be the other one. And Keishon Boutte mm-hmm. might be the best receiver they see. You're probably right, but I think that stressing linebackers is a good place to talk about who I think is pretty obviously the second best team in the SEC West. You might hear some people make an argument to the contrary. I don't. We did not touch on the all tight end offense, Baylor Cup, Jalen Weidermeyer. Last year, Texas A&M. Yeah, last year, Texas A&M, they seemed to play their entire offense in like a 20-yard box. Uh, They were not really explosive, but they were really, really effective. And I think you're probably still going to see a lot of that. They don't have that game breaker, take the top off guy. But man, they're really good on the lines, both of them. Um, The offensive line, the Maroon Goons, not everybody back. They add uh, Jameer Johnson there from Tennessee. But a potential uh, first rounder is back in Kenyon Green. Yeah, they're going to have some guys. Uh, But yeah, you mentioned the, 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 the trio of backs. This is the big reason why I'm not concerned about the quarterback situation really at, at uh, Texas A&M because they're going to have so much support and you're not going to ask them to do that much. You've got, you know, we didn't see a ton of Baylor cup um, because of the injury uh, situation for him, but the wider is probably the best, maybe the best tight end in the country up there. Uh, and you've got those weapons. You got so much around you. Well, and, and then I think they're going to be Caleb fun. Chapman's back. Caleb Chapman mm-hmm. was having a great kind of breakout against Florida when he tore his ACL. That's a guy who can stretch the field on you. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know if Demond Demas is going to live up to his recruiting hype. If he ever does, that's another guy you got to worry about. So they have a lot of talent out there. They just got to figure out how, how they're going to get him the ball. And I keep asking about the quarterback because everybody assumes, well, Kellen Mond was a four-year starter. What if whoever it is, and I, I'm leaning toward King on I this one well. from, from people I've talked to, what if they're better? You know, I think it's entirely possible that they will be. I would not rule that out at all. And I think sometimes you just don't know because like think back to 2012, this at this point in the 2012 preseason, they're not entirely sure Johnny Manziel's the starter. It may still be Jamil Showers. Mm-hmm. They they you know, they give Manziel the job, but didn't Cliff Kingsbury, who was the OC that year, will tell you he had no idea what he had on his hands until he saw Manziel in a game because Quarterbacks weren't live at practice. You didn't know how elusive he was. Yeah. Haynes King is Johnny football. You heard it here first. Maybe Staples. Oh, good Lord. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying. You but no, don't I get know your point. I don't think you're yet. wrong. I, I, yeah. I thought Kellen Mond, he did some good things, but he left you wanting a lot. And I think, you know, when you have that sort of guy that's uh, been handpicked by Jimbo and, and they know kind of a little bit more what they're getting. And, um, you know, I, I definitely think, as, as those guys grow in, I think they'll be better than Kellen Mond over, over time. Whoever wins this job, uh, again, I'm with you on King. On King. Um, but we'll see. I, I just think it's, uh, you know, on this very show last year, Andy, I remember we were talking the Monday after the Alabama game and basically rolling our eyes at A&M and saying A&M, you know, they didn't, I don't know that hype was fair, but certainly it was year three. It was sort of make it or break it. And it's like, you got to be better. At the time, we didn't realize how good that Alabama team really was or how good AM really was. And, you know, they, they got to be closer against Alabama. I think they will be this year for all the reasons that we've touched on that. I think they're going to be entirely possible. They're a better team, Alabama, not as good. And Kyle field, that's a factor. It's certainly more of a factor than it was last year. When I guess if you asked Dan Mullen, he would say it was a big, <laughs> big factor. He said it was um, a big but factor. It's, it's, I, I, you know, can they beat them? I'm not so sure. But I think they'll have a better shot, and I would not be floored if they did. 
can you beat them over the course of a uh, what a nine game, eight game SEC ski, uh, season? You know, we'll see. Um, but that game's going to be fun. This team is going to be fun. I, I'm high on the Aggies. It's just you're sharing a division with Alabama, and your whole season, fair or unfair, kind of hinges on that one game. Can they get in the playoff if they don't beat Alabama? Is an interesting question. No, they almost did last. Year. I, I don't. I don't think so because only because you're probably going to have Georgia on the other side with somewhat of a, a similar record. Mm-hmm. Better hope and, Clemson beats them though. And uh, right, possibly winning against Clemson. Which if if Georgia has a winning is sitting there with a winning yeah. against Clemson and then doesn't beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. No, yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. that's that's the part. If you're a And M, I think. A lot of years, the best two teams are on the same side of the league, and you you can get two in from the same division because they play each other. One doesn't lose to anybody else. You know, this is this is the the Alabama LSU BCS championship game scenario. Mm-hmm. But th- in this case, it may be that the the two best teams are on opposite sides of the league, and so the second place team, even if even if they're really good in that division doesn't doesn't really have a chance. Yeah. Well, this is where the SEC West I think gets really interesting. Is that number 3 spot? Uh I did not vote in the SEC preseason poll. I don't understand the point of them doing it during media days when people are actually busy. Do it the week before. Uh but if I had, Andy, I would have voted Ole Miss third, not LSU. Where do you stand on uh, who the third best team in the league is? Well, I think Ole Miss is the most exciting team in college football. It's the one I want to watch on TV every week. Mm-hmm. But I think LSU is the, the, the next choice. In well, the let's West. hit on. We'll, we'll start with LSU, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. Well, Max Johnson, starter by default, probably unfair, but it is what it is. Uh, Miles Brennan breaks his arm. Uh, Max Johnson, we saw a little bit of him last year. LSU was all over the map. They recovered late in the season uh, a lot better than a lot of people talked about. You, you talked about uh, Keishon Boutte. I think everybody has sort of tabbed him as the guy that is not a household name that will become a household name real early this season. Um, but I don't think anybody in college football had a worse opening weekend last year uh, than LSU. But what makes you confident this is a this is the team that's the third place team in the SEC West? Because they've admitted they screwed up the coordinator hires. They have Fair. worked to to act completely opposite of that and hire a staff that is as close to 2019 as they can get. Jake uh, Pete's in the house. Yep. Exactly. Uh, friend of Joe Brady. <laughs> they they had like, a sleepover one time. Yes. On his, <laughs> he wears a button on his shirt. Yeah. But and then I look at the way they ended the season, and I think this is probably maybe I'm reading too much into two games, but the Florida game, especially, I thought was told you a lot about the core of this team. There were not many players available to play in that Florida game. They 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 were in the 40s in terms of available players. They were smaller than an NFL roster at that mm-hmm. point. And they just lost Eric Gilbert. You know, they'd lost Terrace Marshall earlier in the season to an opt out. It felt like everything was going against them. It felt like, you know, that this is where Ed Orgeron loses it. And they, they go to Gainesville and look, if Kyle Pitts plays in that game, Florida probably wins. But they went and they won the game when they shouldn't have had any business being in the game, given what they'd been the, the previous part of the season. And 
And it tells me a lot. And then, and then you get rid of the guys who were just hamstringing you schematically. And you bring in guys who are going to try to give you something schematically that, that they, that we know works, that we've mm-hmm. seen work. Mm-hmm. So that's the part I, I just, they're going to put these people who, who kind of came together at the end of last season, got into, we all, we got mode. You add back in more depth on the defensive line. Uh, you add a, a tremendous freshman in, in Mason Smith. The offensive line is really old. It's, you know, com- completely veteran group. I just, I have a hard time believing that they won't be a lot better than they were last year. It's a compelling case. I'll give you that, Andy. Uh, I think I, I just believe a little bit more in the uh, ingenuity of the Lane Kiffin offense. No Elijah Moore, obviously. Defensively, you know, you can go either way. Obviously, 10 starters back. You know, it's sort of that, well, do you want those starters back from a defense that struggled last year? But I don't think they can be worse. Uh, you know, the the offensive line. So these, these two teams me. played last year, David, right? I, I, I believe that they did. I believe that they did. Who won? Uh, well, if my sources are correct, I believe that the LSU Tigers won that game. Mm, okay. um, where was that game, though, Andy? Where was it? Do you recall? Um, at Tiger Stadium. So, yeah, no, it was not in that notorious snake pit known as Vaught Hemingway. <laughs> hey, ask Nick Saban about Vaught Hemingway sometimes. <laughs> I was there, some... dude. I was there when they lost in Vaught Hemingway. To... It wasn't, they didn't lose because of Vaught Hemingway. They lost because of Dr. Bo Wallace, sir. Listen, listen, uh, never underestimate the magic uh, of, of Ole Miss football. Uh, no, listen, I, I, I you know, I, I'm really curious to see what we have in year two. I, I just think when you bring back the best quarterback in the conference to start the season, I'm not sure he'll finish there, but he's the most accomplished guy to start in Matt Corral. You got some, no, obviously no Elijah Moore. You don't necessarily have that speed demon, but Jerry and Ailey, I think is going to be solid. And again, if the defense can be not awful, Ole Miss, I don't think they're going to be a world beater, but they can knock on the door of eight or nine wins. I, I don't think that's out of the question. So, um, right, let me, let and I think they can slide above think, LSU. Do you think, given the right circumstances, LSU could beat Alabama? <sighs> no, I don't. Do you think, given the right circumstances, LSU could beat Texas A&M? Yes. Do you think, given the right circumstances, Ole Miss could beat Alabama? Yes, I do. I do. With how? Outscoring them. Outscoring them. I'm not saying they will, I but I like if you gave me if you let okay here's the here's the question that we're asking if you let LSU and Alabama play a hundred times and you let Ole Miss and Alabama play a hundred times, I'm not sure either of those teams are winning double digit games. But I LSU think Miss can actually win. match up against them physically. Yeah, but Ole I don't Miss think can't. that's going to be enough. That's Ole Miss will enough. have to scheme them to death. The only chance they have Perhaps. is scheme and tempo. Fair LSU enough. can actually physically play with them. I don't know that I fully buy that. They can be closer than most non-Texas, most teams, most teams. Texas A&M, I think, can go toe-to-toe with them. They'll be more physical than most teams. But I don't know that I buy that this LSU team, as constructed, can go head-to-head with Alabama physically. I think they still get beat up on both lines. Probably not as bad as Ole Miss would. But I think Ole Miss has a better chance of out-scheming them. I just don't think it, I don't think LSU beats Alabama, you know, I think it's it's close between LSU and Ole Miss. I don't think they beat them as many times as Ole Miss can. I think the road. See, I, I, 
I do think Ole Miss is going to beat somebody they're not supposed to beat, and it might be I do it, it might be LSU. They, I but, think Ole Miss might also lose to someone that they probably should not lose. That's to. that's the where road I was game, going. The road game at Tennessee, I would be concerned if I'm Ole Miss. You're going to have an what emotional are, spot. Tennessee's probably going to be a little bit better. You're Ole Miss on the road. It's in the middle of the season. What's your health situation? I'd be nervous. What about Liberty when Liberty shows up in November with Malik Nah, Willis? that's going to be a 65-55. Like, that's, it's that, close, but not mean, close. That's Hugh Freeze coming back to, <laughs> to Oxford. But all the NFL draft mix are like, Malik Willis versus yeah. Matt Corral. Let's do I'm it. A big, I'm a big Malik Willis. I think Bruce is currently the the, the ringleader. Of oh, the, he's the, the president. Of the, of, of, he drives the yeah. bandwagon. But I feel like I could get like second secretary, maybe of the Malik Willis fan club. I'm a, I, I, the, reco- I the love recording secretary of the, of the fan yeah, club. exactly. Liberty is going to be a lot of fun, but I don't know that if they're playing a competent Ole Miss team, I don't know that they can win that game. They're, that game is going to be super fun. But that's sort of the question: is how much better is Ole Miss in year two? The offensive line is the only thing that worries me about Ole Miss because if that breaks down, you're going to be in in in, in problem land. Well, I think I think the question it's a question though, the how much better question, because we do think Ole Miss will get better in year two under, under Lane Kiffin. Mm-hmm. We got we we got three teams to talk. Ole Miss was one of them. Two other teams to talk about that had first year coaches that outperformed, or well, the one outperformed the expectations. One started great, was horrific, and then they got a little bit better as as the mm-hmm. season ended. But they'll all, they'll both be better. I think Arkansas and Mississippi State will both be better than yeah. they were. I'm not sure that matters in the record because you're playing everybody else in the SC West. Yeah. Uh, let's go across the state now that we're done talking about Ole Miss here. Mississippi State is the team that I can't decide on. I really can't. Uh, absolutely looked terrific at times last year under Mike Leach. Rebounded late. Well, okay. Their season was a real. You have the the debut against LSU, where LSU See, the, forgot LSU zone is defense not, existed. It's not Mississippi State looking good. LSU is. I agree. Bocalini I agree with you. Not agree knowing you. what defense to call. Yes. Now the question is, this year, do you have a counter to the rush three drop eight? Are your receivers smarter, or will you run the ball a little bit more? Can you do that? Um, Mississippi State last year pretty much said no to that, but they also have Will Rogers now, who really helped them uh, rebound late in the last late last season. And their defense is a lot better than people realize. There's a reason why Mississippi State didn't get run off the the, the field every week last week or last year is because of defense. Yeah, the the cornerback tandem is is one of the better ones you're going to see. Really good. And people are sleeping on because because we're you know we we talk about the cornerback tandem in and at LSU with with Ricks and Stingley. But uh, but Emerson and, and Forbes may be one A and one B of, of, of corners. So when they mm-hmm. play in early October, that's going to be going to be fun. But yes, it, they're hard to throw on. They're trying to to revamp their pass rushing. That's really what they lost most of. Um, you know, Randy Charlton comes in as a, from a transfer from UCF. They're hoping that that he can do some stuff off the edge for them. But yeah, the, defensively they're pretty solid. Offensively, I can answer your question now of whether they're going to throw better or will they just <laughs> run against the the three man three man lines. Uh, they're going to try to throw better. Yeah, they're still not going to. It's weird to me to think because you know most of these offensive linemen were recruited either by Dan Mullen or Joe Moorhead for for kind of a power run offense. Like, why not just have them mash some people? But 
that's not what they're going to do. They're going to try to throw it better. They, Mike Leach's thing is this offense requires reps, 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 reps. They did receivers not have, have to be able to reps. read that coverage. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Receivers and quarterbacks basically are, are communicating telepathically mm-hmm. on the field when it's, when it's working right. And that was not the case last year. I, I will say, if you want to look at what they were at their best, don't look at the, the LSU game because it's not representative. Because yes, nobody's going to play a man like against them. They will destroy you. Mesh to death. Every <laughs> okay. everybody knows that, except, except one person. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. So it, it it's not that. But watch them against Georgia. That was another case where because of COVID, Mississippi State was ravaged. They didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of guys who could who could play in that game, but they gave Georgia a hell of a fight. And I were they leading in the second half? If I'm mistaken, yes. I'm mistaken. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, if, if you watch that, you, you get some some hope for what they what they could be. And you're right. That defense is good enough to keep them in games. Now, the question is, can can the offense take the step forward? I don't know it, it against the better teams in the West. They're so athletic. And yeah. that's the other problem is you've got a couple of teams in Alabama, in Texas A&M, and, and really in LSU that have the, the kind of people along their defensive line to get home with three, to, to, to pressure the quarterback with three, mm-hmm. to drop eight. And, and just you can't do anything against teams like that with that offense. I, I think I, I am more torn on Mississippi State than any team in the SEC. I'm just not sure what to expect. If they, you know, went – Two and six again in the SEC, I I wouldn't be floored. But I think if they messed around and went four and four, five and three, I don't know that I'd be floored either. I, I don't know where I land on them. I feel pretty good about everything. I don't think you're gonna have I don't think you're gonna have a game like Arkansas or a game like Texas AM last year for them where they just could not function on offense. Yeah, that was hard to watch. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That was that was <laughs> probably the, the worst. <laughs> there were but a handful I, I where it was just uh yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're going to have those games this time. I think they're going to be more competitive in situations like that. The, the question is, are, are they going to get out-athleted in, in a lot of cases? The answer is yes. Not every case, but but a lot of cases, and, and we will we will see. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Andy, here's my question for you. How much higher would you be on Auburn right now if they still had UCS head coach? I don't know that I'd feel any differently. You don't? No, because I'd be wondering, you know, I wouldn't be wondering about Bo Nix 
I would be like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that's bo- it is that's it the Bonix you're going to get. Mm-hmm. But now I'm saying, well, I've seen Bonix make some throws and, and do some things that say that he could be a different, better quarterback. And maybe with Ryan Harson and Mike Bobo working with him, he becomes that. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, that's what I say. And also with, with Harson, and I don't know that it's, that this can happen overnight. I think this is, this is maybe a couple of years kind of project, but at Boise state, his team beat you up at the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. And listen, Auburn's defensive lines beat everybody up anyway, you know, with Kevin Steele as the DC and Ronnie Garner as the line coach, they were beating people up anyway, but their offensive lines for the last few years were not, They, they just were not blowing open holes. And if Harson can get them to that point where they are dominant and look, Auburn recruits to the level that's possible. It's not impossible to do that. It's you can very much do that at Auburn. If they can do that, then all of a sudden you have a very different looking team. And so I'm curious to see what he does coaching a roster. That's more talented than anyone he's ever had. I agree with you. I, I think structurally, I believe in the Brian Harson model. I mean, going walking into Boise helps. Um, but the fit questions, I think, are really fair. Um, the team that he inherited is just very different. Bo Nix running his system. Uh, I, I want to see what that what that looks like. I'm not sure what that's going to look like. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not really high on them at the moment. But uh, again, I, I think you have to sort of see where things fit. I, I think it's, it's going to be a really disjointed year. I think they're going to look not, I mean, Mississippi state is a little bit, um, uh, not quite the, the, the polls there, but I think they're going to have some really low moments and maybe some really high moments. I think they're going to be all over the map. Um, but I, I, I just, you know, the Auburn situation in general, it really feels a lot like a careful what you wish for deal. Um, the, the let's fire the eight and nine win guy because we want to win 11 and 12. We've seen that go sideways in a lot of different places. And Hi, it's Nebraska. Just, How's it going? Yeah. And I, it's nothing against Brian Harson. I think he's been a great head coach. But if I'm Auburn, that, that is an odd fit. I think recruiting is going to be uphill for them. And I just, again, careful what you wish for. I've covered Tennessee. I don't know if you're familiar with what's going on in Tennessee, Andy. Uh, they fired a really <laughs> I've good, heard a little bit. Th- they fired more, a really good think? head coach. Um, well, you probably haven't heard much from them uh, in the last uh, 15 years since, and there's some reasons for that. Um, just be careful because it. Wait, they, the, they rehired him in a different role, though, didn't they? <laughs> uh, that went great, actually. Uh, people don't talk enough about the rehiring of, of uh, Philip Fulmer as, as, uh, as AD at Tennessee. But I, we've just seen this so many times. I understand, especially in the SEC, the frustration of I'm tired of going nine and three, even though we beat Nick Saban, win the Iron Bowl. We got to get the guy. And I'm more sensitive to that if you can go get Jimbo Fisher or Nick Saban or other things. But I don't know that Brian Harson is going to be absolutely, hey, let's pay $25 million to uh, you know take our program to the next step. That That's where... That's where I'm like, okay, well, maybe, um, but well, the, even though we beat Nick Saban, part is the the operative phrase there, mm-hmm. because 
None of the other ones have. Yeah. LSU did once with a, a complete super team, mm-hmm. but Jimbo hasn't done it yet. You know, I, we'll we'll see about Leach, but the last person who who could do that and and say he could do that with any sort of regularity was Hugh Freeze. Yeah, Sun Belt Coach of the Year, more than likely. Uh, yeah, uh, they're mean- an independent there, David. Oh, that's my bad. That's my bad. When are they getting? Is the Sun Belt next year? Two years from now? I I don't know. I think it's I think it's another year after that. So okay. Yeah. Well, realignment has us all uh, on edge. Discombobulated. Uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Didn't uh, I think Liberty or somebody played twice last year? New Mexico State and somebody. Maybe it was two. Uh, I believe two New Mexico State and Liberty played a home and home. Yeah, in the same year. Fantastic. Yeah. Maybe it's UMass in New Mexico State. But that sounds right. Either way, we probably don't need a lot of UMass talk on football. And but I, that that's where I'm stuck because it might work out. It really might. Okay. Brian Harson had run a great program at Boise, even though it wasn't the, the best Boise teams that we've seen. But it's we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I am I'm I'm nervous if I'm an Auburn. I think they're I just think they're a mystery. And I don't know that we'll know much until we see him go to Penn State. Yeah. Week three. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll probably learn a lot that week. I mean, yeah, Penn State is Penn State is potentially pretty good. Uh, I think last year was one of those everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for him last year. And and this year they have a lot probably better, more solid ground to start from. Although I think I just quoted uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue something there. More <laughs> solid ground to start. Yeah, from. that's right. Uh, I think that's right. But they, they, they open the season. They open the season at Wisconsin. So there'll be, there'll be some good data points by the time we've yeah. seen Auburn play at Penn State. And again, I, I, it's still year one. I think you're looking for signs and I think you're looking for attitude from a team in year one more than results. Um, but he inherited a program that's in pretty good shape. Could be worse, um, and we'll see. Uh, I think year one in Robert and Auburn, uh, it could be a little rocky, but we'll see. Uh, Andy, we need a jukebox, some sort of uh, jukebox. Turn on that damn now. jukebox! Yeah, we, we got to talk about the Hogs. Um, fun year last year. Uh, I, I think when you look at them, I, I'm not sure there were very many teams in the country this side of Alabama who seemed like they were having more fun uh, than Arkansas last year. Uh, they break the snide, uh, the Chad Morris situation. They, they win an SEC game, uh, obviously beating Mississippi State. They beat Ole Miss as well. Uh, they beat Tennessee at home. They lose their last five, they, four it, games. It, it would be argued that they beat Auburn and the refs chose not to. Also that. We forgot the about the, the, uh, the spike heard around the world. But that Arkansas team, and oh, I forgot how much of a scare they put into Georgia in week one. I forgot about that game. I believe they were winning that game in the second half as well until Georgia flipped the switch on them. Um, but that was a very, very uh, fun team. Uh, Sam Pittman, was there a more universally uh, panned, probably not the, the fair word, but uh, eyebrows raised hiring the offensive line coach from Georgia to run an SEC program? Only by people who weren't paying attention to, to Sam Pittman over the years. Yeah. And that was one of those things where I think uh, a lot of us who who know that Sam Pittman's a good coach looked at him. Oh, he wanted to be a head coach. Okay. 
Did not realize people it. Want, people want to see advertise. resume, and they don't. They aren't in the coaches' rooms all the yeah. time. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of people want want to advertise that they want to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. Like they'll reach out to to us and say, "Hey, you know, and if if anything comes up, you let me know, or you know, how about throw my name out there?" Sam Pitt was never one of those guys, mm-hmm. you know, and he had to basically be talked into trying to get the job by former players. So, I, I think it was a great fit. Now, here's the question: Would a slight improvement upon those results satisfy people at Arkansas this year? Because I know they've been through a lot, but now they've gotten a taste of what winning feels like again. How soon do the yeah. expectations come back? I, I, he's still got another year as long as they're not getting their doors blown off by people. Um, Which I don't think they will. I, I think don't think they, they will, will either. They will I think they'll be competitive. The I, there's not an easy win in the West. And I think that's, there has been for a few years um, before last year, and there's not right now. The West is is blood sport every single week, uh, and I think Kumate. KJ Jeff- Kumate. <laughs> yeah, KJ Jefferson is a really good fit. Uh, I think they will be much different under him uh, than they were with Felipe Franks. Just a very different offense, um, and I. I Arkansas is another one of those teams I think is going to scare some people. Can they get to the finish line? Against teams in the top half, I, I don't know. Maybe, um, but they're you know I, I think this team is is one that there there's a spot where they can be a team that that you don't want to see on the wrong week, or they catch somebody in a trap week. You know, the week before you're you're going to your rival's place and they can catch you. Uh, this Arkansas team will be spicy. They probably will not be great just because they don't have the horses. The you know the the the, the team building. Uh, from the Chad Morris era, left them in a rough spot. Uh, they've got some skill position talent. He recruited well there, but you know they've they've got a lot to prove. Um, but they're and, old, uh, though. I mean, super they are. seniors are going to help them a lot. Like Grant Grant Morgan being back is huge. Yeah, Bumper Pool is huge. Like the, they they are a very old defense, and this is not something that's unique to Arkansas. I think this is unique to to lots of teams on the lower rungs of the power five and on the upper rungs of the group of five, you're going to see really high level play because they're super old. And I think too, it speaks to what we were talking about in the start. When you are a bumper pool and you are a Grant Morgan and you say, ah, I want one more year of college football and you're not going to go in the portal and try to get it somewhere else. You're sticking at Arkansas. Now, part of that, if you're a cynic, you could say, well, you want your film against the sec. You could prove yourself. But you're committing to another year inside Arkansas's program for a coach you didn't sign up to play. I think that speaks well of what Sam Pittman did Absolutely. in year one. Uh, I, I, well, I, I got, I just I got this a historical story coming out later this week. It, <laughs> they wouldn't have stuck around for the previous administration. There you go. So I think it's, you know, people talk so much about culture. I despise the word because it has been beaten to the ground so much that it's uh, meaningless. But you look around Arkansas last year, you saw a lot of guys who wanted to be there and were invested. You could see it on the sidelines. Like I, I think sidelines is really like a nice little barometer of where a program is, especially when you're losing. If every time a guy makes a tackle for loss on, you know, first and 10 and guys are slapping each other around and, you know, you see that. I, you saw that. I understand you didn't year. see a lot of that in Knoxville last year. Uh, no, there wasn't. A lot. There was there was a lot of uh, pick sixes and uh, uh, yelling on the sidelines and some face masks. Yes, y- yelling and, amongst the players at each other and the coaches uh, and some coaches yeah. and, and some firings. And uh, it, it was not that. 
and I think Sam Pittman, Arkansas seems to me to be, you know, one of the happiest teams in the SEC. And, and, and that's something to be said for that. That pays off on the, the field. The thing that makes the SEC West the most interesting is the team that got the least better is the defending national champion. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. They might have got worse. That is not to say that Alabama isn't good. Mm-hmm. Alabama could still win the national championship this year and go undefeated and win every game by double digits. Don't right. rule it out. But what makes this more interesting is that everybody else in the division maybe got there. We don't know about Auburn yet. We're, yeah, we're not Auburn. We're TV. not sure. But yet. you're. But they could be. Right. They so be. I think that's going to make for a really entertaining year. You you talk about blood sport. This is. This is Kumate, Kumate. It's going to be <laughs> crazy. I, I think that's, that's, that's what, as we're looking at this division, I think that's what I took away from it. Big picture is when there isn't a Vanderbilt, when there isn't a Arkansas team that just got run off its home field by San Jose State, you're going to have to bring it every week. And people talk about that across the SEC, and it's mostly true, but some years it's not that true. In the West this year, it's true. It's 100% true. It's going to look a lot like the NFL that if you're LSU and you lose a turnover battle and you don't play sharp, you're going to lose to Arkansas. If you are Texas A&M and you come out sloppy and you don't play that well, guess what? Mississippi State is going to beat you like they're going to. Uh, And that is, uh, like you said, it's going to make for a fun fall. I'm excited to see it. The West, I think, is far more interesting and and much better than the East is right now. And uh, it's going to make for a very, very fun fall. It is going to be great. I, I cannot wait. We're not far now. Everybody get your practice runs in week zero. Because <laughs> it, it gets real, real fast. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it'll be a little bit more normal. We get a non-conference season this year. So we get teams eliminated from the playoff or whole conferences eliminated from the playoff in week two. Very excited about that. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more of a normal season, uh, you know, with the, the Delta variants, uh, uh, hurtling down at, at, a, at a hurry it's I, I think i'm a lot more nervous about normalcy than i was a few weeks ago um but we'll see uh and i think ultimately the football on the field um is obviously going to be played and is going to be really really good in the west and i can't wait to see it i, I think you're gonna have some breakout stars uh because you don't have that uh you know that that big time you know, super, super talent coming in. I think there's going to be a lot of names to learn and a lot of um, breakout guys that, I, that I'm excited to see and excited to learn. Alabama, I'm sure we'll have like six of them. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see who emerges. Uh, the West, uh, we're about to learn how it was won, Andy. That seems like a good place to end today. Had show. to go with how the West was won. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're better we're than breakfast, at Tiffany's. I'm not in mid-season form, so I'll lean on it. We'll be fine. Uh, That is it for this week's episode of Football and Grits, talking the ACC West. We'll be back next Monday and every Monday through the fall. I am your host, David Oven. Joined, as always, my co-host, Andy Staples. That's Football and Grits. Thank you, guys. Uh, Again, subscribe to the show if you have not already and have it delivered directly to your device. We will see you again next week. (laughs) 